It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Welcome in, Stinkin' Truth Podcast, alongside my partner, Mike Evans, Scott the Hub, producing the show. I'm Mark Schlereth, brought to you by MarksAllPros.com. Check it out, the best referral network in the nation. We're building it. That's MarksAllPros.com, connecting smart consumers with great companies, MarksAllPros.com. Mike, how are you, buddy? It's Combine Week. I know. You know what? Uh, By the way, let me just interrupt you for a second. Before you get to the Combine. I wasn't going to say anything else. Else. I've it's gone. Combine week. Oh, is that all you're gonna say? Because I, I want to say I have gone now four straight days without breaking anybody's rib. So I feel really good about kind of where I am. Uh, just as a human being in general, dude. If if people haven't seen it, the video of you body slamming our producer is just. I mean, it's great A stuff. Right. It's fantastic it's stuff. It's the stuff that dreams are made of. Um, you know, there's part of me, Mike, when initially I found out that I actually injured Scott DeHuff. Now, first off, you have to understand that Scott DeHuff is, dare I say it, a real pussy. So, I mean, like, I, I apologize for the frankness oh, of no, my no, language, no, but Scott DeHuff would check himself into the emergency room with a hangnail. Okay, that that, that is that's well documented. But... The floor in which I threw Scott the Huff on. Now we had pre like we had talked about like the mechanics of this move, yes, right? You did a walkthrough. We did kind of a walkthrough, but there's no way to do it without doing it. And yeah, you have to I, go full game speed. Right. And I tried to land on my hip to take away some of the you know, some of the probably my hip was sore for the entire weekend. It's still a little sore. So I I literally tried to break the fall by landing on my hip first instead of just throwing him on his back. But my hand got caught underneath his ribs, and apparently uh, his soft little ribs cracked. Oh. All right, so he's got a Soft crack. cartilage. Right, soft cartilage, soft crack rib. Um, anyhow, long story short, he checked himself into the hospital, as my wife predicted, because she said he's a she real wussy. She did predict that. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing to Scott DeHuff? You know he's going to check himself in the hospital. I go, no, come on. He'll get through it. Of course, he was, I told him, 7 o'clock, my wife says the over-under is you'll be in before 7 o'clock. He goes, I'm not going in. At about 4.45, he was in the emergency room, right? Oh, my ribs hurt. Anyhow. See, there are certain moments as a guy Mm -hmm. that I don't care how bad it hurts. You don't You don't wince. You don't grimace. Yeah. You just like, I'm good. I feel great. Yep. No matter what. Uh, You know, it's funny because you bring that up. There's two things I want to tell you. So you bring that up and as just guy code. So there's two times in my career where I got knocked ass over tea kettle on interception. And I mean, I got hit so hard up in Buffalo by Bruce Smith that snot shot out of both nostrils. It was a December game. That's awesome. And it just snapped my neck. He got me right in the freaking chest on the interception and snapped my neck forward. Shot, uh, snot just shot out of both (laughs) nostrils. So I'm on the ground, and I'm like, like blacked out on the ground. And I get myself to my feet. And I am like, like acting like it didn't hurt, right? And I, I mean, I can't even focus. I'm just trying to find where our bench is. Because it was third down interception. And the whole time, I'm wiping my face because I thought my nose was bleeding. That's how hard the snot shot out of my nose. So I'm like, wiping, and I'm looking at my gloves, and I can't find any blood. And I'm stumbling around looking for the sideline. And all I could say was, hey, good one. And I walk up, and I mean, I'm dying, right? Like, 
collapse my sternum. But there's no way I want to let you know that you hurt me, right? I mean, I was hurt. But I popped up off the ground like nothing happened and found my way back to the bench as I was wiping my nose thinking it was blood. It was just a bunch of water snot out of both nostrils. So you're right, 100%. You can't check yourself in You can't check yourself in. You can't. That's just guy code. No, So, But here's here's where I was conflicted, okay? So I was conflicted because when I first initially saw it, I felt remorse. I felt bad, like I hurt my little buddy. So there was that part. And then it instantly kind of changed over, and I feel like maybe I'm not a very good person because it changed over to like, like I felt like Clark Griswold when he jumped off the freeway, you know, and he was like 60 yards in the air in the station wagon, and Russ goes, you must have jumped that car 60 yards, Dad. And he's like, 60 yards. You know, and like (laughs) illusion of grandeur. I, I was like. I just broke somebody's rib. Yeah, like, I still I got it. Still, I, I am still that powerful. Well, I remember the whole story came about because we were talking about how here in, in Denver, in Colorado, they were doing the high school wrestling championships. Right. And we, we uh, took a nostalgic stroll down memory lane with the days that you were a dominant wrestler in Alaska, won a state championship mm-hmm. heavyweight. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about your signature move. Yeah. Which you then... Showed right, was, on Scott, you, and clearly it's still uh, yeah. it's still effective. Yeah, lateral drop right into the Saturday Night Ride. You yeah. can see it at 1043thefan.com. Uh, our 1043thefan is our, our yeah, Twitter handle, right? the fan. Yeah, 1043thefan. Yeah, 1043thefan. It's uh, yeah. I think it's still up there. I don't oh, think yeah, they, you can I don't find think it. the company made us take it down, although no. they I think they thought about it. Anyhow, so, uh, yeah, that, so that's how the whole thing started. So 1043thefan on Twitter if you want to see uh, me break my producer's ribs. And the raw power. Just the unmitigated power yeah. that Mark Schlereth still possesses. So the fact that I still have pride about being able to break somebody's rib. So four days now I've gone through work for four days without right. breaking anybody's rib. Yeah, so right. I feel pretty good that's about right. myself. It's a, new, it's a new OSHA record yeah, right there. it right is. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there you go. But, yes, it's Combine Week. Are you uh, you excited about the Underwear Olympics? Uh, no. 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 I mean, <laughs> you know, nothing I know. Nothing to be seen here, nothing to be gained. Right. I know that it's, you know, must-see television for a lot of people, and they just get so Twitter-pated about, uh, you know, about guys that run fast 40s. I know Henry Ruggs is talking about breaking the record for 40s, and, you know, and we were talking about it. You went through all the first-round guys at the receiver position oh, since 2012. Yeah. And there's, like, 35 first-rounders. Most of them you can't even, you don't even remember them. You don't, don't even know, know they play in the leagues. Like there's the, like DeAndre Hopkins is the one guy who's a bona fide superstar since yeah. 2012 that was drafted in the first round. The other guys, you know, potential guys, kind of number two receivers, uh, guys that could have been something had they not been hurt. Maybe yeah. like there's, there's there's some fancy football uh, studs out there like like Mike Evans. Yeah, you know he was he was one. Yeah, but but the bona fide superstar is. You know, is and I and I would say that Mike Evans is a star in this league too. Mm-hmm. But the bona fide superstar is DeAndre Hopkins. But we came up with like eight guys. I mean, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. was in there, yep. although you could question that based on his yep. last couple of years. Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper is in there, but he's been traded, you know, he's not necessarily a dominant number one. But there was probably thirty guys that were just guys. And just flat out guys. And then you went in that same time period, to the second and third round, and there's a bunch of dudes drafted in the second and third round that are are really prominent, really good, like like uh, oh, Devonte uh, Devonte Adams, Adams and uh, Michael Thomas. My, yeah, I mean they're just dominant receivers. So um, 
you know, if you look at it, we always say the draft is a 50-50 crapshoot, right? First round of the draft is a 50-50 crapshoot. Well, shoot, if you're looking at the wide receivers, the draft in the first round is maybe a 70-30 crapshoot, like 30% chance of hitting. I just don't I don't like those odds at all. Well, especially when you're talking about a year in which everybody agrees that this is one of the deepest wide receiving classes ever and that you will find guys that in years past would have gone in the first round but will now go in the second round. So you know, I just I just don't understand. I mean, I know teams will draft receivers in the first round because they can't help themselves, but why? Why? I think it's a great question. I mean, I think I think part of it is because, for whatever reason, because of the passing game, you know, it has become it's become a uh, a position that has become overvalued in my mind. Right. I mean, we've gotten away from the running backs, and we've gotten although last year. You know, talking to guys like Pete Carroll and talking to guys like Kyle Shanahan, the kind of the how the league is coming back full circle to kind of more early '90s, mid '90s football, where it was about got to have a running game, got to have a bell cow back, got to have that that process right. At least you got to have the running game aspect to it. And you look at seven of the ten, seven of the ten uh, playoff teams were all top ten rushing teams. Um, you know, only three and Kansas City won the Super Bowl being a top passing team. Um, and so you see how how this the nature of football is very cyclical in in, you know, as the seasons change, we go back to what's what we once were and you know, and you see people making those changes. Um but I think we've just completely overvalued a wide receiver. I mean, I, I and I've said this forever. And and I got a lot of receivers that I respect and that I love and I like their games and everything else. But ten guys have to be executing their job at a very high level for you to even sniff a football. I mean, it, like, at what point did we decide that the receiver was going to be the most prominent offensive player that we're going to showcase that guy? So if you run the ball well and you set up play action well, you're putting somebody in conflict regardless, right? And if I'm putting my, especially if I'm putting on my underneath coverage in conflict and I'm eating those guys up, uh, you don't have to be a great, you don't have to be the greatest athlete in the world to be open. You're going to be open just based on the the scheme and what we do. Like does, does the cat from, from New Orleans, Michael Thomas, does he outrun people? No, he's big, he's physical, he's a really good route runner. And he understands leverage and how to leverage guys, and he understands how to get open in traffic. He doesn't run by people. Like, he's not, hey, take it, you know, let's run a nine and outrun everybody. That's not his game. So I just look at that, the overvalue, the overvaluation. I mean, come on. The, the Cleveland Browns are going to win a world championship. Right? We're one ray. If we get Odell Beckham, boom, done. You know, ah, now we're going to win the championship. You guys can't even compete. You can't even smell the playoffs. And then on top of that, you've overvalued your own, like your, you've overvalued your own importance to a football team to the point you get the biggest game of your career coming up or your biggest game of your season coming up. And you're more worried about, you know, giving Tom Brady a goat shoe, a goat hair shoe, 
than you are. I guarantee you Tom Brady threw that damn thing away. I guarantee he doesn't have it. <laughs> you don't think he has it up on a Hell no. mantle somewhere? <laughs> I yeah, my Next vision, to his MVPs and Super Bowl MVP right, trophies? My vision is just him walking directly in the locker room, holding on that stupid-ass shoe <laughs> and throwing it in a trash can. I hope, I hope to goodness that's what happened. It just went out with the trash. Huh? Just throw it away. <laughs> Probably spent a couple grand on those shoes. Yeah. Made of real Put goat hair. Put a lot hair. of thought into it, yeah. Where do you think he got the goat hair from? A goat? It's a good call. <laughs> I don't know if he got it directly from a goat, but somebody got it from a goat because it's goat hair. Yeah, I just... It, but like, you know what? Do you get where on the internet do you go? Hmm. Yeah. I need some goat hair yeah. for these shoes. I'm you can find stuff anywhere, right? All right. If you Amazon. Know the right, do you think you Amazon know the right sells people? goat hair? Hey, I think Amazon sells just about everything these days, right? They rule the world. Um, Hold on, let me ask Siri real quick. You gonna ask Siri? Yeah. I'm where to ask. find? You're, this is. You're gonna ask Siri where to find goat hair? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's here just, Okay. Here we go. Uh, where can I find goat hair? Okay, let's just right. I just Google searched it. Uh <laughs> hmm. This is why people tune into this podcast. Right. To find out answers to the Oh, it's a gold hair. I was gold like, hair. Oh, see. Okay, wait, goat. <laughs> goat hair. You really are fascinated by this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I I've I've at least brought this up a dozen times. Because <laughs> so it, you need an answer. It, it just blows me away. You need an answer now. Walmart goat hair. You can buy. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You can buy goat hair at Walmart. Uh, Come on, goat hair. What does it do? It's like these little cylindrical, like like polish brushes or something. Maybe they're like goat hair makeup brushes. <laughs> do goat hairs? Have, do goats have? Who soft... knew that goats were so versatile? Whoa! We're right here. Wait a minute. E E T S Y. What is that? <laughs> goat this is a bundle of goat hair. Bundle you can buy a bundle of goat hair. Right here. Right here. Hitching post supply. Uh-huh. Genuine goat hair white. Twelve dollars. Twelve bucks. Let's for goat see. hair. If we add it to the cart, let's see what happens. Select the color. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm gonna get all right. Folks, a this is my pound. this is this is my day every day, Marco went off on these kind of tangents. I've got a half pound. Just got to ride with it, folks. Just ride with it. A half pound of goat hair. I'll get them back. $12. It's white. Uh, only three Only three available. And they're in four people's carts right now. Wow. Continue Shortage to check out. Let's see what it cost me to, to ship this damn thing. Oh, I got to register email. And oh, jeez. I'm not going to do that. All right. All so, you want to do is buy some goat hair, for yeah. God's sakes. Why do I got to give you? Why do I got to give you my email address right. if I just want goat I hair? I just want goat hair. Come on now. What Where people, were we? What do people do with goat hair? Do you? Suppose? I don't know. I don't know. I got to get you focused again. Right. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go focused. from goat hair to the actual goat. Let's talk about the goat. Mm. So apparently, you want Tom Brady. You better be willing to commit two years, like guaranteed two years, like guaranteed contract, two, years, two years, sixty million type yeah. thing. Okay, for a guy who in that second year will be in his age forty four season, right? I mean, when and does he turn? He turns forty three, right? Right, he'll be turning forty three in August, August third. Uh, time of birth, uh, one forty six p.m. <laughs> you know all the details, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> I celebrate the entire collection, people. 
<laughs> the Tom Brady collection. If he had a cologne, I'd be wearing it right now. I know now. you would. I know you would. Stetson. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, like. But, but for a guy that. For a guy that we're already concerned maybe is showing signs of decline now, who's gonna who's gonna sign up for two years? Patriot. All right, I can, don't. Can okay. I eliminate the Patriots? See, I think the Patriots are not gonna. Get, they'll do one year, but I don't think they're gonna do two years. See, this is what that cra- this is what's crazy to me. Okay, so this is how it's changed for me because I thought eighty percent chance he's going back to the Patriots, but I don't think Bill Belichick wants to go like hammer in for two years, right? I really don't, but I think there are multiple teams that would line up to sign Brady for a two-year deal. Multiple, multiple. I'll give you two right off the bat. They're okay. both in the AFC West. Are you kidding me? The Chargers. The Chargers can't sell out a soccer stadium in Carson, California. Right? They're going into a new playpen, a five billion dollar playpen that Stan Kroenke built. Like you got to get. PSLs, you got to get season tickets. You got to get some like winning is not enough. It's got to be an event. People go. I mean, I've called a couple of Rams games, right? People show up to the Coliseum not so much for the game. Like some people do. There are some a handful of fans. A lot of people just show up to be seen. We've literally had to move cameras or set up for Fox cameras because they're in the way of some celebrities. On-field booth. Get out. I kid you not. I kid you not. I hate people, celebrities. I, people go to the game to be seen at the game. There's a whole there's a whole slew of L.A. celebrities that show up there because they're promoting a movie. On, they want to get on to promote a about? movie. Come on, out them. Who, oh, who, there's, who there's, pitched there's, a fit? Who pitched a fit and, oh. went, and went total, you know, Diva, diva, even, diva, dickbag, diva. I don't know. I don't know who the celebrity was. I just know the camera had to be moved. Really? Yeah, for a celebrity, so that their view their of the view, football game would not be hindered, right, in any way, shape, or form, and the view of the camera looking back at them would not be, you know, interrupted. In I have way. literally sat. You know, I have sat behind a beam. At both the old Boston Garden and Fenway Park. Well, Fenway I have Park sat behind I, beams. There's plenty of beams at I've old Fenway Park. That's poles. the allure of being at Fenway. Um, My view is hindered. Yeah. Well, you should cut down the beam. That's right. Yeah. So anyhow, but if you're the if you're the L.A. Chargers, all right, and you can sell Tom Brady, the face of, I mean, the the, the greatest quarterback that's ever played, and he's going to come play for you, the Chargers. And you get people excited about buying season tickets of, for Chargers football, and, and you just couldn't sell out a Carson Stadium. Come on, of course you're going to do that. Or if you're the Raiders moving into Vegas, all right, I see like, you. I, I understand. I see you. I understand that you're going to get a lot of you're going to get a lot of because the Raiders just travel well. Like you're going to get a lot of people driving up from LA and doing all that stuff for the games, right? And you're going to get a lot of people that have come down and say, "Hey, man, I want to be a Vegas weekend, whatever." Right. But come on, Tom Brady. For the for the Vegas Raiders for two years. So what you're saying is, all right. Now I'm starting to see the wisdom of this. So so you're if you're the Raiders, if you're the Chargers, you're like, hey, we're paying for one year of football. The second year is just that. That's something we're willing to write off because of all the PSLs, because of sure. all the merch, because of all the tickets. I just think it, it's, you're a, it's just a good business. If you're spending sixty million dollars on Tom Brady, you're spending pennies to chase dollars. Yeah, in the overall right. scheme of the business of football. Yeah, I got you. And so, especially when it's becoming more and more difficult 
to actually get people in the seats. Now, there's nothing wrong with the NFL when it comes to TV. Correct. But the NFL is dealing with issues with actually, you know, fannies in the seats. Yeah. I mean, come on. You got Tom Brady billboards plastered yeah. all over Los Angeles. You don't think? Come on. I mean, of course. Of course. That's well, then he's sell. leaving New England. Because New England won't. You don't, I, they won't play that game, right? Or will they? I don't know if Papa Kraft will do that or not. Mm. I think Papa Kraft is, is usurped. That's the only thing he's usurped Bill Belichick's authority on over the years because I think the Jimmy Garoppolo thing was real at the time. Um, how think, much? And how many times can you go back to that? Well, by yeah. the way, before Belichick's like, hey, 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 whoa. right. I just think this is going to be the time where Belichick gets his wish. Yep. I don't know who they. You know, I don't know. You know where they go from here. Well, maybe they get Derek Carr to be their quarterback. Right. I don't know, but you're. I. You know what? Brady to the Chargers. Or Raiders makes a lot more sense. You've, you've sold me. Yeah. You've now, sold me. You never know. Papa Kraft might just get to the point where he's like, man, I can't lose my I son. can't let him go. Can't lose my son. So. He is like a son. Yeah. Don't laugh. Right. Speaking maybe of, he works a deal where he gives him some ownership. Like, maybe. You know, you never know. I mean what that deal is going to look like. But uh, I think there's a legitimate chance that you know, Brady at leaves. The, at the risk of – so Brady just posted something an hour ago. Oh, okay. I can't – why would I not get an alert on my phone? Usually, <laughs> usually so, when Brady posts so something, it's, I get an alert. It's two pictures of Giselle, okay? Okay. And it said, the first photo is where we met and the second is what we've become. You have always been the one to hold us up, and you love us the way no one else can, and we love you so much in return. Happy anniversary. Love of my life. Wow. That is so romantic. <laughs> um, I like... I like to. I like... You in, are like... In my mind, I like to picture that being a picture of me. Yes. <laughs> and well, he's writing that to well, me. Well... You might have yourself another arts and craft project you can mm-hmm. do today. Drop another 50 at FedEx. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just superimpose your head in those. <laughs> oh, wow. I like it. Just me standing in front of Turks and Frogs <laughs> wine right. bar. My little heart hands. Yeah. And then I got to borrow I got to borrow some kids. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta pull a Mike Evans on the beach. Hey, is that your daughter? <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Is that your daughter? <laughs> I just need to take a picture with her. <laughs> Holy creep show! Do, do we ever tell that story? I think we. I think did we? I don't uh, think we did on the no, not on the podcast. Yeah, are you sure? I don't think so. So we're on the beach in Miami shooting some videos, and we're building some sandcastles, yep. and I'm just like bullying Mike, right, in yeah. this video series. So he's building a sand because he got all his sand now, tools. I, had, I had gone out just before we went to the beach. I went and bought Purchased, like a little yeah. kid's set yeah, of, at Walgreens well, yeah, or something. For like 10 bucks. It was just, you know, a bunch of you know little plastic shovels and right. pails and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. Sandcastle yeah. making stuff. So he builds this elaborate, you know, fairly elaborate as, as elaborate yeah, as we fairly, could do. Yeah, fairly. That's strong. Yes, yeah, elaborate's not really the... He built this shitty little sandcastle. There you go. And I walked by and kicked it over that was part of the video you know and he gets all upset about it so we're done and we do a couple other different things in this particular video shoot and so we're like well we're just gonna leave this sense well just give it to a kid yeah right 
Uh, I had the best of intentions. Right. Yeah, I'm not so, going to use these brand new toys. I'll give right. them to somebody who can use them. So we see this little girl playing in the water and running back <laughs> up and forth to her, 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 what we assume was her mother. And she's down in the water and running back up. And we go, oh, we'll just give it, give it to her. Yeah. So we're all walking there. And um, <laughs> and we get like like maybe five feet away from this lady. And Mike, just oh. in the creepiest like goes, excuse me, ma'am, is that your daughter? <laughs> and like Scott and I are side by side. We both turned immediately. You like, just veered. You didn't even like break step. No, veered off and walked away as fast as we could because there's police around there. It just sounded so Oh, my smarmy. God. It was so bad. I mean, literally, you know, we've all been in a position where you say something and the moment it leaves your yeah. lips, you're like, oh, God, what? A-. And that was one of those. I, as soon as it came oh, out of my mouth, right. I'm like, what the hell are right. you doing? Right. And you idiot. Was, this lady was just like, looked like back. Like, <laughs> what is this? What's wrong with this guy? So anyhow, long oh, story short, it it didn't. It didn't. It was it, now hindsight being twenty twenty. It was funny. It was funny, but it was really oh, it, it was, was really, really creepy. creepy for a yeah. minute. And then Mike tried to back out. Well, what I meant was I've yeah, got I some. I've got point. some toys. Yeah, and she's by like, that point, no, we don't want your no, toys. No, but I just I just threw them away. Yeah. I mean, by that point, it was done. Yeah, it was, done. It was over. Uh, the creep the creep factor was way. Uh, Way, 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 way too high. <laughs> Let me ask you really quick. Oh, my goodness. You know, we've got this kind of procurement phase of, of the NFL, right? Yep. So we talked a little bit about the combine and the underpants Olympics and the wide receivers and all the things that are the draft. And I know it's become a cottage industry and people love it and it's prime time and it's all that. And I get it. I mean, I, I get it. You know, hope springs eternal and youth, you know, youth gives you visions of of guys just coming up like the Patrick Mahomes of the world and taking over the league. I, I get that. You know, and that's awesome. I, I get all that stuff. But, you know, I always think that you build your franchise through that draft process, you know, and you've got to be good in that draft process. But you plug immediate holes through free agency. And I think this free agency is a really interesting, like this is a really interesting free agent market. That's out there. There's a lot of potential. We talked about Tom Brady. There's a lot of potential, like, marquee-type players. And you've got to decide whether you're going to franchise, tag tag those guys. Like, what's going to happen with Dak Prescott? What's going to happen with the Cowboys and Byron Jones, the cornerback who's outstanding? What about Chris Jones in Kansas City? I can't imagine him becoming a free agent because he's that good. He's one of the best defensive players in football. But there's some intrigue here, and I believe there's some value and some guys that are in the kind of quote unquote primes of their career well, that you may be available. You said something interesting. You, there, there's definitely value guys out there, but you, you understand. But you just you just summed up free agency perfectly. Is that you are going to be paying marquee dollars mm-hmm. to solid? And I guess if you're if you're a, a, a team and you're a fan base. That's okay with overpaying for solid, right? Then you know what there are there. There's some really intriguing players out there. Mm-hmm. But remember, you're not you're not paying for special. You're right. overpaying for solid, right? If you can accept that, then hey, and you got the dollars to spend in free agency, yeah. then go crazy. I, I but just th- understand what right. There's a ceiling to what this yeah. is. I think it's I think it's an interesting comment because I think you have to have a mindset of it, this is like this is like buying um designer clothes. Like my wife brought a dress home the other day and I I kid you not, 
it's from some big designer and it was the dress was twenty five hundred dollars. Huh. Oh. Twenty five hundred dollars for a dress. I think it was Dolce and Gabbana. Now, you know, obviously you're paying for the name, Tell right? Tell me the tags are still on it. Yes, they are. Okay. I was like, uh, you know, I I that's a really beautiful dress. I I, I saw something down at uh, you know, Dillard's. The Nordstrom's the rack <laughs> and uh looked a lot like it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, but you know, she just brought it home. The tags are on it. She's hopefully going to take it back, but you know, regardless, it doesn't matter. The the point being is that you're shopping in free agency at Louis Vuitton. Right. You're shopping at Dolce & Gabbana. You're shopping at designer stores. And that bag is no better than the bag, you know, the, the $1,500 purse from, from you know, from Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton yeah. is no better constructed than the $150 purse that you get that doesn't have the brand name attached to it. It do, it serves the exact same purpose, and it is no better from a construction standpoint. They will both last the same amount of time. So I think what you have to do is change your mindset and understand that here are my expectations. Here's what I need. Here's the holes I need to fill. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we fill these holes. And... What we're going to have to do is overpay mm-hmm. get them filled. It, see, I think one of the issues that you get into is that we all want the value guy, right? We want the guy that's on the uptick. And what ends up happening, I think, to a lot of teams is they're going, I don't want to overspend for that particular guy because he's not worth it. But he may be the only guy that can truly plug the hole that you're looking to plug, right? And so you say, let me go get the bargain basement guy. And hopefully he he there's an upgrade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the bottom line is even though you overspent for the 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 player that's not marquee, but you're paying the marquee price for, you know what he is? Good solid player. Good solid player. And I he lo- does. I love where you're going with right. this. Because... And he doesn't hinder your franchise. Right. But when you go out and sign the dude that you hope right can be a player, right? Now you're. I mean, now you're throwing. You know, you're throwing. You're throwing pennies, or you're throwing dollars at pennies as yes. opposed to pennies at dollars. Exactly, and you, you and, couldn't be more right. Yeah, and you get you get yourself caught up in. Now you've created the the problem is you've already spent a bunch of money on that guy, right? And that guy clearly is not going to work out. And now you've neglected drafting somebody at that position, right? You've neglected that because of your hope that I signed this free agent. Mm-hmm. I hope he works out. Then he doesn't work out. And in that same draft where you signed that free agent, you did not, right? You did not address um, that position from a backup no. standpoint or development standpoint. So now the next year, guess what you are? You're still void of that position and you don't have a backup that you drafted that, that you can promote. And so now. In draft and free agency, you have to address that position again. And what happens? Well, we now we have to address this position both from a free agent standpoint or a draft standpoint. And now we're neglect we're going to neglect another position that needs to be addressed. Now, and you know what that that whole idea of and then hey, you become the Cleveland Browns. And then that whole idea of like, hey, listen, we'll wait till you know day three or four, okay? Right. Let everybody else go and silly overpay. We'll wait until mm-hmm. day three or four. Well, you know what that you're telling yourself. 
He said, we're smarter than everybody else. And right. that, hell with the odds. Screw the odds. Okay? He'll be different with us. And and that, to me, is the thing that, that – and we hear that from fans. I'm not picking on just Bronco fans because I think every uh, fan of every uh, of every team would probably say the same thing. It's But it's like, well, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know the odds are mm-hmm. very much against um, getting a receiver in the first round. Uh, and I hear what you're saying. The odds are maybe better to get one in the second or third round. But what if we're the ones that find the next DeAndre Hopkins? Right. That that can't if that's if that is your strategy, well, we'll be the one right. to find the unicorn. We'll be the one to buck the averages. If 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 that's how you conduct business, you're doomed for failure. You are doomed for failure. You're hundred percent right. Why not just come out and say, you know what? We don't have all the answers. We're not smarter than everybody. And we've got we're blessed with a lot of cap money to spend this year, and we're gonna go out and overpay for a guy that's just gonna be solid. But you know what? Solid helps you win football games. Right. Let me ask you don't a question. Don't it. Let me ask you a question. Would you be in favor of having the draft first and free agency after the draft? Yes, I would. I've heard a lot of that. I've heard a lot of that buzz lately. Like I would. I would much rather have the draft right off the bat, see what we get in the draft, and then see how we supplement our roster. I think that'd be smarter because because by putting free agency first, you are creating that false perception that we can really address a lot of our primary needs through free agency, and then we can sort of add behind it with the draft. When that that's that's the backwards way of building a a, a long term successful football team. Long term, you build it successfully through the draft. So make the draft the focus first. Go out, address your needs with guys that you think are going to be here for a, a while, and then say, "All right, now we're trying to win this year. How can we make a few moves in, in free right. agency to you know kind of fill in for this year some of the holes that we we still have?" See, see I I'm think t- I'm completely with you. Yeah, I, I I seriously think that a lot of teams end up being mediocre because of the way they draft. They don't adhere to their draft board. They draft for need. They overdraft players because they've got a desperate need, and they think they're a player away at that position from being really good. And ultimately, ultimately what ends up happening is you weaken the entirety of your football team because your draft is never good. I, I'm just I'm a firm believer when it comes to draft. Draft the best player on the board. Draft the guy that you think is by far the best player regardless of the position that guy dra- that, that guy plays. I think if you end up doing that, I know it's easy to say it's really hard for teams to do because they've got specific needs, but if you're just drafting great football players regardless of position, then I think great things will happen for you. You know, and and I keep looking, like I look at the San Francisco 49ers, and I've always believed build from the inside out. If you look at their drafts in recent years, Buckner's a first-rounder. Armstead's a first-rounder. Solomon is a first-rounder. Free agency, they got D. Ford. He was a first-rounder. Then they went out and got Nick Bosa as a first-rounder. I mean, if you looked at that, you would say, guys. Enough. Like, let's share. Let's, but but right. look, at, look where they end up. Yeah. They end up being a dominant defense. They end up being able to rush the passer. 
No, by the way, in that time, they went out and got McGlinchey at the right tackle position as a, as a first-rounder. Like, look at their receiving core. Come on. Really? Debo Samuel's probably the highest-drafted guy on that board at, at, with the number two draft pick. Yes, They've he is. They've got Kendrick Bourne. They've they got Richie James. Rounders. They've got – they traded for Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. George Kittle's Who was a fifth, it a first-round right. pick? George Kittle's a fifth-rounder. Yep. I mean, look at the way they've constructed their football team. Build it from the inside out and go after, you know, go when you go draft high, go after core player different, but go after football players. I just, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that's how you have to structure a football team. And the teams that chase a position or chase, you know, a dynamic, I keep hearing it, there's so many dynamic receivers, you got to jump up and get a receiver. Really? Do you? You don't you don't know. By the way, the college game does not lend itself to producing great receivers because the tempo with which offenses play, you really face nothing but zone defenses. And you know what? You're not you don't become a precise route runner or you don't even understand route combination aspects to where I have to where I have to run my route out to create to create, you know, conflict for a defender. You just run to open space. It's not sharp. Just run to open space. Get open. My quarterback will throw it to you. Be wide open. Do you know in the Super Bowl, and we'll wrap it up on this. In the Super Bowl, there was one receiver on both teams that was drafted in the first round. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Who's a good player. He's a really good player. Really good player. He's not Tyreek Hill. Not Tyreek Hill, who went, by the way, in the fifth round. Mm -hmm. Wow. So. Now, some of that is because he had some... I got, I got you. Issues, still. but still, yeah, it's amazing. Super Bowl teams had one receiver taken in the first round. Well, there you have it. And never mind how many wide receivers has New England had in the first round the years they've been in the Super Bowl the last right. several. So there you go. Well, there you go. Um, for everybody, <laughs> that's it. For everybody involved, uh, you can congratulate me. One zero four three. The fan. I that's have not right. broken anybody's ribs in four days. That's right. Uh, for continues. everybody, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth podcast, we appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks to Marks All Pros, uh, MarksAllPros dot com for all your needs from a referral network standpoint. Connecting smart consumers with great companies. That's MarksAllPros dot com. We will talk to you guys next week.